Frontier Missions Journal. Stories of hope for the unreached with Adventist Frontier Missions. Welcome, friends. We're glad you're joining us for another story about how God's love transforms those who have never heard about Jesus. I'm James Arkazinski with Adventist Frontier Missions. Today's episode features George Ture and his wife Teresa, missionaries to the Malinke people located in the country of Mali, West Africa. Before taking on this assignment, they assisted the Coker family on the Susu Project in Guinea. The two of them have dedicated their lives in full-time service for God for the rest of their lives a promise you're going to hear about in today's story. Their journey to God entails many struggles in war-torn regions of Africa. Through their trials and persecution, they came to know God, to trust Him, and to give Him all the glory as they now take the good news to the unreached people in Mali. George calls his story, Hands for God. During the rebel war in Sierra Leone, a lot of atrocities were committed, and so we have to leave to a neighboring country, Guinea. And while in Guinea, we are attending the, a Pentecostal church, and I was um, the assistant pastor in the church. But there are things that were not going on according to the Word of God, and so I usually ask my pastor in church, and it was like, this is my church, and you have to do it my way. And so it was like a kind of um, a check for me. And so I love asking questions and uh, to see things going out the right way. And so he gets annoyed with me and he says, you have to leave this church. Or otherwise, I will declare you as a rebel. And so I said, whoa, this is serious. So I have to leave. And I was looking for church where I can worship. A friend of mine invited me to an Adventist church, and I attended this church, and uh, the songs were so good and inspiring. And uh, as we sang a song, the Spirit of God was speaking to me and saying, this is where you belong, this is where you belong. But that was my first time of attending an Adventist church, and I was not sure whether it was the Spirit of God. And so I started making a lot of research to know the day of worship, why Adventists worship on the Sabbath. And so I visited um, a group of missionaries that do move around the world, they call them Master Sheep, and I got materials from them. I read, and um, that was where I found out that um, the Sabbath was from the creation. And since the, the chain of Israel went into captivity, God was reminding them that is why the fourth commandment, he says, remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. And so that brought me to a total confusion and that changed me completely. 
And so I started studying the Bible with uh, a pastor from um, AFM, an Adventist pastor. And we studied the Bible for some time. I asked a lot of questions, things that were not clear for me. And finally, when I read that um, the seven-day Sabbath is Saturday, I said, oh, this is true. And so I have to go by the word of God. And so I um, accepted the faith and I was baptized into the Adventist faith. To back forward, during this war, um, ants were amputated and um, we were hiding in a hiding place and a young man came and he was screaming, crying. My grandpa came out and he saw this young man's hands were chopped off and he said, George, can you please come so that we can help him? I saw him, I was afraid because I knew that was going to be um, my fate. I said, oh, grandpa, I'm afraid. I don't want them to chop off my hands. And so my grandpa said, please come, let's help him. I looked for a piece of cloth, tied up his hands so that um, we can stop the bleeding and put a piece of cloth around his neck so that he can have a, a, a good control, a good balance of his body. And I went back into my hiding and I was crying and I made a vow to God. Lord, if you can save me from these rebels that they do not chop off my hands, I will serve you till I die. George meant every word of his promise and he determined in his heart to follow through. Not too many years later, however, his faith was to be sorely tested. During the rebel war, um, it was hard to get food to eat because um, the rebels were controlling everything and we were afraid of them. And the government forces were on the other side. And so we cannot move from the rebel territory to a government territory. Otherwise, they will term us as rebels and they will kill us. And so to find food, to have food was difficult. My, myself, my grandma, my mom, and my children we were there for about three days not eating and my children were dying. And so um, one time, a small boy at the age of 14 is a rebel with a gun. He came and he says, hey, you come here. I want you to fetch water for me. So I was with my younger brothers. I said, that boy is talking to you. And he says, no, I'm talking to you, the elder one. And I went with him. I fetched water for them. And since they were preparing food and uh, my family needs food to eat, I decided to stay with them. We prepared the food and uh, I took a portion of rice to my mom and my grandmom. I said, okay, just hold on to this one. I'm going to look for 
something else for the sauce so that they can have food to eat and uh, I went back I met them um, eating I decided to eat with them and one of the rebels was annoyed and he says I'm a civilian and he's a rebel he cannot eat with me and because I dip my hand into the pot he is going to chop off my hand And he told me to put my hand on the table. And I said, you know what? You can do this to me. We've prepared this food together. And I think we are together. You people are fighting for freedom. And we are in support of you. So how can you do this to me? Please don't do this. But he was insisting, I, I will chop off your hands because you cannot eat with me. And so, so many people came in. They pleaded with him. And that was how he, he forgave me. Things went by as we continue again. They came out with a, a pork from somewhere, I don't know. And they gave it to me to prepare it for them. And whilst I was chopping the pork and uh, his machete hit on the, on the stone. And it was, oh, you spoiled my machete. Lay your hands, I'm going to chop it off. I pleaded with him also, but he refused. And so many people came to my aid, they pleaded with him, refused. And all of a sudden, we heard a very loud noise. That was uh, coming from a military jet. And whenever they see military jet, they think um, they're going to bomb the area. So everybody have to run for their life. That is how I was saved also from my hands being chopped. Twice they wanted to chop my hands and twice I believe the Lord saved me from them. Praise God for his protection. God preserved George's hands as a boy and later two times as a young man. And because God was merciful to him, George uses his hands in lifetime service for Jesus. I invite you to support missionary families like the Tories with your prayers and gifts. To find out more, point your browser to afmonline.org and select the Missionaries tab. Then choose a missionary and join their support team. That's afmonline.org and select the Missionaries tab. Well, there's more to the story. George's trials were not over yet. After the war, they took a number of people to the country of Guinea, where they lived as refugees. Life was very hard. We couldn't speak the language. We didn't know anybody. Um, things were not moving the way it should be. Even to have food, it was difficult. And so I have to move out and look for a job because I did a construction, building and construction. I couldn't speak the language, I don't know anybody, and nobody can give me a job. We were living in an unfinished house, and uh, for us to, to have a meal for the day, we have to crack rocks. So that, um, that is what we sell as um, granite to um, builders to mix concrete. And that is what we are using to have food on the table. And my wife was making a kind of cookie 
um, that is very sweet and people like it. And um, that helps us also to have food on the table. I didn't know anybody, I couldn't speak the language, and I was passing around to, to see if I can see somebody that I know. I met with a, a group of Sierra Unions that we are building a house, and I went to them, I, I introduced myself to them. He said, oh, you're a brother. I said, yeah, your brother is here, and um, I don't have anything to do. Can I work with you? Um, we speak the same language. I introduced myself to them that um, I'm a builder, and if they can employ me, he said, oh, we're sorry, we don't have any job and we don't have any money to give to you. And uh, I said, what about if I can be uh, uh, a day labor? He said, no, we don't have money even to pay you. I said, well, um, it's okay. What about if I can just come and have time with you, spend time and go back during the day? He said, okay, if you want to, you can come. And so I decided to be visiting them every day just for me to go out of the house and begin to make a um, relationship. And I was helping them in the building. And uh, one time during lunch hours, they went out for lunch and I was in the house doing some work there. The owner of the building came. He saw me doing the stonework. It was very nice and neat. He was impressed. And he said, are you not one of the laborers? I said, yes, I'm doing a labor job, but that is not my profession. I did building and construction, that is my profession. But because I'm a refugee, I don't know anybody, so I can do anything to put food on the table so that my family can have something to eat. And he says, can you build a house? I said, yes, what kind of house do you want me to build? I can build it for you. Well, we've run out of time for this show, so we'll have to hear about the house that George built in our next episode. Tune in next time to the conclusion of George Touré's story, Hands for God. Thank you for listening to Frontier Missions Journal. God bless.